It's Latopia Daily, the web's first daily bulletin about writing and publishing. And now, here's Peter Cox. Good morning, authors. It's another amazingly good day in London, despite the fact we've got Wimbledon on. Can't quite understand it. Uh, great time last night at the Puffin Party. Right at the top of the Tate Modern. Uh, stunning views over the River Thames as the sun went down. Thank you to everybody at Puffin for giving one of the most uh, reliably good parties for authors, illustrators and agents, of course. Uh, and a name check to Dottie, John and Sarah. You know who you are. Your time will come on the podcast. Now, children and young adult authors don't often appreciate just what an army of people there is behind them, getting their books out there and into the hands of their voracious young readers. One organisation in the UK that does amazing work in this respect, and it's all staffed by volunteers, is the Federation of Children's Book Groups. And if you haven't heard of them, then you ought to have done. The Federation runs a national conference each year uh, where they bring together authors, parents, librarians and publishers. It acts as an umbrella organisation for over 30 independent book groups all over the UK. And it coordinates and runs National Share a Story Month and the Red House Children's Book Award, of which no doubt you've heard. And last night I met three rather amazing ladies, all of whom are involved with the Federation. This is what happened. So I'm here at the Puffin Children's Party with Sarah Stuffins from... The Federation of Children's Book Groups. And Joan Ram from... Hagley High School. And Ros Bartlett from... Federation of Children's Book Groups okay. and the Earls High School in Hale Zone. Oh, you've got two roles. I have. Fantastic. Sarah, tell us exactly what the Federation does. Well, the Federation is a national organisation which acts both nationally. It runs a... Um, award for children's book groups which is sponsored by Red House and also um, seeks to get children together with books in any way that it can really. Um, it has around about 30 local groups around the country. Um, I actually come from Reading right. and we have a group in Reading and Ros is also involved in uh, groups locally in her part of the country. And how do you work with publishers and particularly with authors? Um, well we work closely with the publishers in that they provide the books that we use for the voting for the Red House right. Award and um, they send us copies of things that are published during the course of the year and we, we get them into schools and into book groups around the country and we get children reading them and hopefully enjoying them. And that's the purpose of your organisation really? That's one it? of the purposes, yes. I think the purpose is of bringing young people and, and, and authors together. Yes. Um, but it's not just about bringing the young people, it's about bringing, involving the families as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and many of our book groups actually hold community events in the evening wow. where the authors visit us. Um, and, and so it's a real community event. I mean, it'd be parents, um, young, young children, our students, yeah. librarians, governors, head teachers. It's a terrific idea. I mean, I, I know I've seen you, Sarah, at one or two book launches, actually, haven't mm. I? Yes. Yeah. yes so you're obviously do. a very important person as far well, as we, well, <laughs> Yes, we, we do get invited, but I mean, the, the important thing is then taking the books back to the back yes. to the people that we work with, the, to the yeah. children and the, the now, schools and the families. Now, Joan, it's the authors who have to do the work. They have to go into the schools, don't they? Mm-hmm. And they have to talk about their work and meet um, the readers and maybe sign copies and so on. How do most authors find this the first, first few times? Well, my first time is coming up, I have to say, uh, thanks to Roz. Um, I would... 
uh, what I think is if they're going to launch a book, then to go into school and for children to be aware of what they've previously written and what their book's about, it's obviously going to sell their books. And we've found, well, I, at Hagley especially, the children are clamouring now for books, whereas really? the reading, That's very good has imp- news. Yeah, reading has improved yeah. so much. Because yeah. you've been actually testing the right yes. um, yes. children's book award books. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've actually okay. given those books. And Ros, just tell us about that. What is the Red House Children's Book Award? The Red House Children's Book Award, uh, around the country we have 12 testing groups uh, and we try to get the books that the publishers send into as many venues as possible, you know, schools, um, and then the children read the books, they vote on the books, and it's the only, I believe, Children's Book Award that is actually voted on by the young people themselves. Yeah. So that's what's yeah. so special right. about so it, it's, so it's you know, because they choose... Mm. And it's the whole the process, it's yeah. the whole process, yeah. yes. Uh, I mean, we're now starting um, sort of... I, I, yesterday I had, I had a bag of books delivered to school um, that will be read by the students and um, that process goes on till February next year. Fantastic. And when the shortlist comes, comes about. Yeah. Now Sarah, uh, from an author's point of view, going to a school for the first time, it must be nerve-wracking, do you think? Um, I think it depends on your personality, but I think um, there are tips that you can pick up. I know the Society of Authors has a, has a checklist that authors can check out, yeah. uh, things to think about. Um, and I think it's also important to prepare the schools as well. Well, so the kids know them something about the author in advance, yes. so they don't just yeah. I mean, yeah. for example, I, I've actually produced a leaflet um, to our book groups to sort of support them in having author events right. um, because it's so so important that you make the author welcome that the yes. children know about the author, they know about the books. Previously, they've had a chance to read those yeah. books, they've had a chance to be prepared, uh, you know. Um, to ask questions and they um, do ask really yeah, really deep really, questions yes. I was amazed when I came to Earl's the sort of questions that they were asking they were obviously well read and yeah. and the exciting thing I think about the Federation is that we're a platform for new writers for new authors yeah. yes we have the established authors and we're very grateful to their support but it is an opportunity for publishers to bring us new authors yes. that you know haven't been heard. I mean, this evening, um, I mean, this time last year, we had Lindsay Glass. Wow. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. and um, Lindsay is a relatively new author. Yeah. Uh, Fan- so it's good at being in advance. This is fantastic. Um, I'd love to talk more, but we're hearing the speeches now. Okay. So thanks so much, Roz, yeah. Sarah, and Joan. Thank, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And there's a link to the Federation in the show notes, podcast.litopia.com. What a fantastic organisation that is, and what wonderful people to give their time to do something so important. Now, the news from Donna. Lots of sex news today, Peter. You've got my attention, straight away. I was particularly glad to hear that nerd girls are now sexy. Yeah! In alternate, they're saying that <laughs> Tina Fey and Hermione Granger, along with an abundance of female bloggers, have made smart girls hot. That's yeah, here for brainy women, why not? Since we talked about geeks being the new sex symbols on Latopia After Dark a few weeks yeah. ago, I'm glad to hear smart women are finally getting some recognition. Hmm. I wonder, though, if plastic surgeons will ever start doing brain enhancement surgeries. <laughs> You want to hear more sex news? Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, erotica is selling like hotcakes now. Hotcakes. It shouldn't be a real surprise that Publishers Weekly attributes this uptick in sales to the internet. I'm surprised. I find that very strange. Uh, the internet's cut a sway through lots of different types of publishing. I, frankly, I would have thought it would done the same for it to erotica too, actually. The funny part was all the types of online erotica. There's women's erotica, historical erotica, and my favourite, paranormal erotica. But paranormal? Did you say paranormal erotica? My mind is boggling. 
Hugh Hefner's biography is coming out, according to the Post, and you're never going to guess what he was into. Uh, vegetables? Not just ordinary sex, mind you. There's foursomes, man on man, man on sister in law, and even a video. Grief. Carrots, well, maybe. They say that sex sells. Mm. So, Peter, I have to ask. Yes. What is that book in the brown paper wrapper you've been carrying around? You've been peeking? Because the Daily Mail says that adult Brits are secretly reading children's books. I confess. Since you represent children's <laughs> authors, do you read this stuff in your spare time? Yeah. Or do you stick with grown-up books? No, it's much better. Children's much better. I'm not better. really surprised that adults yeah. are reading children's books. Kids' writing is some of the best stuff on the market no, right so. now. Yeah, I agree. I know I've said it on the podcast before that I get all my TV news from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Mm. You guys thought I was kidding, didn't you? No. Well, I'm apparently not the only one. According to American Chronicle, a new book called Strange Bedfellows talks about the phenomenon of Americans getting their political news from late-night comedians. Mm. In case TV writers doubt their influence, there's also this one. In STL Today, they're talking about the fact that lawyers are starting to notice something called the CSI effect, where juries expect sophisticated evidence in even the most basic <laughs> trials. Speaking of TV, when I saw the piece in Crone.com about George Carlin's books, yeah. I couldn't help but think about my favorite of his routines, The Seven Words You Can't Say on Television. Oh, fantastic. I remember that. finding it hilarious when I was a kid. Yeah. It was funny back then because it was so naughty. I know. I have a confession to make. Go on. I included a link to the video of the seven dirty words in our podcast links. You naughty person. <laughs> As an agent, I wonder what you think about this one. According to The Guardian, more and more book publicists are trying to keep critics from getting advanced copies of books. I wonder why that would be. When movies and TV shows won't give advanced screenings, that's usually a sign the thing's a turkey. Mm. You think the same applies to advanced book copies? I totally do, yeah. One of the most interesting things to me is the last Harry Potter book wasn't released to critics to avoid spoilers. Yeah. Speaking of Harry Potter, a 19-year-old is being touted in the New York Post as the next J.K. Rowling. Oh, I've heard this so many times. Every week, there's, you know, the, the new J.K. Rowling. It's a, it's a sort of media myth, isn't it, really? Please, print something new. I wonder if J.K. will sue. I hope, let's hope so. <laughs> While we're talking about book publicists, our listeners will be interested to hear that Gawker says Sloane Crosley, the book publicist who wrote I Was Told There'd Be Cake, just sold her story to HBO for a TV series. Mm. You want to hear what I think will be the next publishing TV show? Go for it. A literary agent yeah, runs good. an online writer's colony oh, while yeah. ducking manuscripts being flung into his backyard. It's my story. Do you think it would sell? Do I think it would sell? To me, yes, it would. On television, no. Television never, never treats the publishing world properly. They've tried books, programs. Um, there's one on Sky Arts at the moment that bores you rigid. I don't know why. Just television, books, it doesn't mix really, does it? Speaking of ebooks, on seekingalpha.com, a stock research analyst for investment bank Pacific Crest, which focuses exclusively on technology, just predicted that your old friends over at Amazon could sell as much as $2.5 billion Bless in ebooks for the Kindle sucks. within four years. Oh, that's extraordinary. My husband looked up the guy, Steve Weinstein, who made this prediction, and he apparently has some credentials. Mm -hmm. He was ranked number two in the Wall Street Journal 2008 Best on the Street Survey in the Internet and Computer Services category. I think that sounds extraordinary. I think I'll go buy some stock. I, 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 it's not credible. On the other hand, $2.5 billion dollars mm. will be about 200 pounds at the rate we're going. <laughs> Before I go, I want to run through some of the other stories our listeners can find links to in the right report. Go for it, Donna. There was a book written in 18 days in an online collaboration that got sold to Random House. Hmm. A new virtual book browsing service was just released letting readers browse through books online That's just as if they were in the stores. Okay. Chicken House announced its new writing competition. Yeah. 
Apparently, one writer thinks Americans are ruining literary culture. Good grief. A fire-breathing liberal answers the burning question, is George Bush crazy? <laughs> I want to hear that. <laughs> Pretty obvious answer, really, isn't it? A new book claims hip-hop is hindering progress for black America. Hmm. An attack book is coming out on Barack Obama this summer, being hmm. released by those reliable folks who did the swift boat attacks on John Kerry. Regnery. Yeah. And apparently, Why We Love Nancy Drew has to do partly with the fact that she's always right. I don't know, Peter. Do you think being always right is really that endearing of a quality? Well, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not always right. I make a, you know, it's completely open, really. It's not a secret. I'm not always right. Um, just mostly. Well, if you say so. Yeah, I do say so. That's all I have for Tuesday, Peter. I hope our listeners have a good writing day. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Donna. Terrific as always. Speak to you tomorrow. And that's it for today. All the links that Donna mentioned will be on her own blog, uh, writereport.blogspot.com. Show notes on our podcast website, podcast.litopia.com, where you'll find full instructions about how to leave us a comment. So please do. See you tomorrow. Bye. Catch Litopia Daily five days a week from www.litopia.com.